What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our favorite brewery, Big Lake Brewing Company in Holland, Michigan. We enjoyed some of the classic, classic New England style IPA that they have, the Blood Orange IPA. I'll tell you, I'm typically not a fruity drinker. I'm not even trying to be manly man or anything like that. I typically don't err on the side of any fruit relate in, relation in my beer, beer getting to know each other with the fruit sort of thing. But I got to tell you, the Blood Orange Haze out of Big Lake Brewery is fantastic. Worth the try. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you who are repeat listeners to the Wedgecast, we're thankful that you're here. We're glad that you came back. For those of you that are new, thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening, whether you're sitting in the car, avoiding work at office, or just listening because you knew one of the featured guests, uh, we're excited to have you. The point, the purpose, the idea behind the Wedgecast is to be a platform for people to get a little bit of a breath of fresh air in the job-seeking world. Whether you're applying for your first job, you are making a career change, move, shift, or you're ready to start a company. Anywhere in between, uh, we're, we're here to help. We're here to bring on thought leaders, directors of talent acquisition, vice presidents of human resources, entrepreneurs, business owners, anywhere in between just to, to give advice, thoughts, tips, tricks, mistakes about job seeking. It's hard. It's challenging. It's not always easy. And you spend a lot of time doing it, which is why we feel in our heart of hearts as a company and as an organization that our, our job is to help people understand and know who they are and how they can do that in their careers. And that's the point of the Wedgecast. And so 
My name is Matt Baxter. I am the CEO and founder of Wedge. And on this show, we bring a gentleman by the name of Wade Burgess. And I cannot exaggerate this when I meet, when I say this, that this is honestly one of the highlights of my career so far, because Wade is somebody who 20 years from now, I, I hope to accomplish half that he has. Um, we have a unique, similar background uh, as far as our blue collar start to our careers that somehow transitioned into uh, tech. So we both uh, have a history of mucking stalls and dealing with uh, lawn care and taking care of horses and anywhere in between that somehow we both found our way uh, in, in the tech world. And so when I talk to Wade and a lot of the material that he puts out, whether it's public speaking or as an author or uh, just the way he conducts himself, the idea is to add value to people and to do so through technology. So whether that's joining a company, starting a company, investing in a company, uh, speaking publicly, he aims to do so with the intention of adding value to people and do so with the intention of uh, doing it through the mechanism of technology. And so he is an absolute honor to have on the show. And I'm just very, very excited for those who, those people who get a chance to listen to him. And thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wedgecast. My name is Matt Baxter. I'm the CEO and founder of Wedge. I'm sitting here with Wade Burgess, who has been one of my favorite people to get to know over the past couple of years. He is an entrepreneur. He's a thought leader. He's an investor. He values tech companies, but he even more so values just investing in people, whether it's with his time, whether it's with his career, whether it's you know financially, how uh, many different things. And so when I look back and think, okay, 20 years from now, who do I want to become if I were to identify one person? Completely Wade Burgess, uh, through and through. He's just been an amazing person for me to even gleam a little bit of expertise from as a mentor and, and a lot of different things. So I'm excited to have you on the show, Wade. Um, if you'd be willing, just can you give a little bit of your background? I mean, there, there's tons there. You, we could talk for hours, but I'd love just to let the audience have a little background. Thanks, Matt. Hey, it's great to be here. And uh, I should just let you talk about it. I, li I like how you talk about me better than how I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the case. <laughs> That's, uh, I think you're being overly generous. I, I would say my background has really been one of um, ongoing, constant little improvements daily. You know, I, I think that your life and your career is built up by the small micro decisions you make on a moment by moment basis. And yeah. you know, I've tried to apply myself towards improving just a little bit every day. The, the summary probably of my career if there is such a thing as I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, from a very young age, I learned the work ethic that happens when you, you know, grow up out in the middle of nowhere on a ranch and on a farm and, and doing manual labor and, and, and doing, you know, mowing lawns and construction and all those kind of things. Yeah. And I learned how to work. You know, I think I, I learned how to interact with people, how not to complain about things that like aren't that pleasant. And um, I think that has gone a long way. And then ultimately, realize, you know, thinking about growing up like that, I saw a lot of value in tools, ways that could make something easier. Huh. And so ultimately, fast forward to I kind of dedicated myself to a career of looking for tools, which, you know, in today's world, especially technology, to improve the lives of people. And so, you know, I think when you have a true north of what you aspire to do, um, it really helps you shape chart your course, I guess. And um, that's really my, my true north is to help people live better lives. And professionally, it's about, you know, finding tools and ways to uh, help them do so to create you know, economic opportunity and just the ease in which that they can do whatever they're trying to trying to do at the moment. 
That's incredible. So I, 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 I got to briefly touch on the story. You and I were talking on the phone and I had bad cell service one of the times and I apologized and I said, I happened to be up at my dad's farm taking care of horses. And I think you mentioned something along the lines of being jealous because you had so many meetings back and forth and you wish you were back on the ranch taking care of horses. So I, 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 lo- I love that. So uh, that's that was back in uh, Nebraska, right? I was actually in Missouri. Uh, Missouri. When I was, sorry, when sorry. My youngest days, we had a ranch in Missouri, and then ultimately moved to like a farm in Nebraska. And so, yeah, these were this was kind of an area where you know we were 14 miles from the nearest town. That town had like 800 <laughs> people. So, yeah, it was, so it was, the whole the whole stories of walking to work and and that, that whole side of things. <laughs> I can tell you, I did not learn my people skills there, but there were <laughs> there were to practice on, except for older brothers. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, for, for the audience listening, uh, Wade has a background with LinkedIn for sure, and I think there's a there's a cool component to this this podcast and this material in general because one of the things we talk a lot about are hiring trends, uh, job seeking trends, just those things in general. And so uh, with that way, can you just share a little bit about like within the last six months to a year, what what have you seen that might be shocking or different or becoming more prevalent than maybe previously in your career? Maybe not way back to when, when, when the horses and walking 14 miles, but within throughout your career. Yeah, absolutely. And just for context there, I, I spent about a decade at LinkedIn um, from the first day we launched the first enterprise product called LinkedIn Recruiter. And that, that entire time, I think it was nine and a half years, actually, and that entire time I spent with, um, it's called the Talent Solutions line of business. So working with talent acquisition, you know, recruiting teams, mostly internally in companies. Um, and so the, the perspective that I have on this is from thousands and thousands of companies and people aspiring to hire people around the globe. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of those close relationships I stay in, stay in touch with a lot. Um I also then spent time with a company called ShiftGig, with CEO of ShiftGig, and that's a company that really matches people who are looking for gig work. They're looking for that, you know, short-term, like, uh, you'll work for on a Saturday or on an evening, or potentially they just want more flexibility, the way in which maybe like, a, you know, a, a Uber driver or a task driver person. Yeah, I was going to say kind of the Uber driver for a short shift, things yeah. outside of just driving. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just context for, for perspective. And, and so some of the things that I've seen, Maybe in the last, you know, couple of years that are really interesting. I'm gonna I'll narrow it to the U.S. for the moment because this really varies by where you are. But but in the U.S. with the um, such incredibly low unemployment. I mean, like as we're recording this, unemployment I think is at an all time low yeah. for the last several decades, and and that's good and bad. It's it's challenging because there's a, there's a labor shortage and there's companies trying to get um, a lot done, and so they're trying to do more with not enough people, which kind of stretches people to the limits sometimes. Um, on the flip side of that, there's also, you know, that unemployment gap kind of hides something, which is kind of a skills gap, meaning the, the jobs that do that are open, oftentimes the people that don't have work don't have the skills to fill those jobs. And so there becomes a gap there. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. But some of the trends that I see, number one is I think the the biggest thing that I've noticed is the relationship between employer and employee has changed um, from back in the day where it was very top-down hierarchical. Sure. Company is in control to now employee in control. Companies are doing all kinds of things to attract and retain talent. Yep. There, you know, it's not just the days of, you know, the dot-com bubble where it's, you know, gold gilded slides down to the sushi bar. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, and it, it goes, you know, to things like, I'll give an example. A lot of companies are doing things from a benefits perspective, like, uh, you know, unlimited vacation. 
And, you know, they're now, you know, I, when I first started in the workforce, there really almost wasn't a paternity leave kind of thing. Right. It was very short. Now those things are getting longer. So companies are doing a lot to attract talent. But the, the difference, I think, in that relationship um, also comes into the way you manage your career. Great leaders today inside of companies um, are transparent. Hmm. They don't make decisions in an ivory tower and then tell people what to do. They're very open about it. Some of the best leaders I know, even of large companies, hold company all hands meetings, you know, frequently, maybe a couple of times a month, some even weekly to just share. Do you feel, a quick, quick question on that. Do you feel like there was a timeline tipping point for that to shift? Or do you think there uh, was that uh, companies shifted that way because they had to? Or do you think there was a oh, let's be a little bit more honest about our decision-making or at least open about our decision-making and that made that shift happen or maybe a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both. I think what's happened, the evolution of the workforce, this is all driven by employees, I think. Uh, Kind of almost demanding more transparency. You know, there was a lot of, so some of this happened as companies started realizing they had to be a lot more diverse and inclusive in the type of people they lead and interact with. And so they had to be more open. I think the last couple of years, the, you know, the Me Too movement and others where people are coming out saying, hey, we're not going to put up with, with being treated poorly, whether sure. that's sure. social in society or whether that's in companies. So people really, uh, I think this is about the, the employee rising up and being a little bit more empowered, thinking like an entrepreneur. You are an entrepreneur of one, even if you're employed by someone else, you're free agent. Completely. Yeah, yeah. Free agent mentality is really taken to the point where it's a privilege to work together. Regardless of org charts and how the hierarchy works, it's, can you get multiple people together that are all inspired towards the same thing, work with each other in an open way, in a transparent way? So that's really moving a lot. And I think a lot of it is because this sort of, you know, I, I call it free agency, but the way in which people think is a lot, you know, you don't work long periods of time anymore. There was a time where you would work for a company for decades. Yeah, right. There's there's so many, there's so many uh, friends or parents of friends that I know that they started with a job and they didn't leave until they retired. And that shift is like, I know you, you could tell the millennial generation that would freak them out to even think about doing something like that. So the, it's such a shift. It's fascinating. It's yeah. It's, for working in such, such long, you know, the, the, the duration of work has, has gone smaller and smaller and smaller. That is a big change that's happened. I, and I would probably credit the gig economy for, for bringing this to the surface. You can now work for a moment like literally drive someone two blocks and that's what you're going to do for the day. You can also, you know, so it used to be you're signing up for almost lifetime employment where now that unit of work is becoming so small. You get to choose what you do every moment. That changed a lot. Yeah. I think it really fundamentally changed the relationship between um, the way workers work. And then it, it made leaders realize that you're selling every day. You're selling this environment, this opportunity, like imagine a sports team, you know, it's like, this is the place you can come and be most successful. I watch, I've got, um, my oldest son is a freshman in college right now, and I watch that experience of how universities recruit people. Oh, it's fascinating. And, it, you know, you, it, you know, as long as your grades are reasonably well or you're really good in music or in sports or whatever it is, kind of the world's your oyster. You can make the choice you want to make. And it's very much the same in the way people are choosing companies today. It's what experience is going to make me better? Where can I gain the right skills and experiences and connections with people that's going to help me become a better person that, you know, is going to fulfill my life more. That's how people are thinking. It's not like who will hire me and do I have to, you know, um, have the perfect resume and, and, um, you know, put my best foot forward or is this, you know, more of a mutual relationship, um, which 
Now that I say that, one more one more thing, Matt. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's great. <laughs> I think the um, strict requirements on things that weren't necessarily as important, but we always put them as important, has yeah. started to come down. So sometimes things like, you know, with some companies, you're not required to be in a certain location. You can work remotely. Um, some companies, I really watched the, the dominoes start to fall when um, really leading tech companies started um, eliminating the requirement for a college degree. And, uh, you know, there's some real logic behind some of this is that many of the skills that people need in some of these companies aren't taught in school. Sure. The, the, you know, by the time great technologies developed, the new ones out the door. And so when you start relaxing some of those previous things that we thought were absolute must-haves and you realize you're hiring people for what they can do, not for what they have done. That changes a lot, and it changes Completely. the self-image. Of, you know, they used to think, "Hey, I have to have a, uh, you know, I, I need to have a Wharton MBA to, to work at this kind of a company." And suddenly realizing that not true, you need to be able to do the things required in the job of this company. Um, again, that's that's a very empowering thing for the employee to realize that the the set of rules and restrictions and filters are different, and um, it also brings a lot more uh, diverse work group together. I think that actually segues fantastically into the next the next question we were going to ask, anyways. But what with that, what I guess advice do you have for job seekers, knowing that so much of the company side of things has relaxed, or if it hasn't, they should start thinking about it because that's probably one of the reasons why they can't attract talent. But if that side of things has relaxed and they've companies have sort of been shifted into that mindset and has have to do to, to survive like rapidly, how do job seekers and I guess just what thoughts do you have for job seekers who probably are completely discouraged because they're hearing that the economy is good and you can go get a job anywhere but still are struggling to find one or also people who are take a job because they have student loans and they got to take something as quickly as possible but then find themselves six months a year ten years later and they're like okay you know now I have a life and I want to actually value my work I mean so I know there's a lot there to that question but the, the simple question is I guess what advice do you have for job seekers kind of stepping into this new landscape that you're seeing? Yeah, um, it's a great question. A, a couple of things I think I would say. Ironically, you know, as I mentioned, some companies doing things like relaxing education requirements. I think it's increasingly important to be an always-on learner, always be learning new skills, always be, you know, I, I'm a, a big fan of being reading, but also, you know, um, the ability to learn things has never been easier. We have free online access to almost any topic. And if you're not constantly learning a new skill, then, you know, that's you're really blowing an opportunity, I think. And a lot of times I think people think when they get through their formal education, they're done learning. Yeah. Slash. It's just begun. You know, and so how do you how do you learn new things? Um, Obviously, you can, you know, watch video, you can read things, you can do courses and so on. Um, One of my favorite ways to learn new things is from people who already know them. And so I would encourage you, even if you're in a job you love right now, you know, uh, this, the world we talked about where the unit of work is shorter than it used to be, even if you're doing what you love now, guess what? Probably going to change. Yeah, quickly. So, and I think, you know, yesterday's skills are only going to be valuable for so long. They have a shelf life. And learning that next new thing, a lot of times, it reach, you know, reach out and meet new people, network with people. Uh, you know, I think if, if you're not constantly doing that, whether it's having breakfasts or lunches or, you know, calls with people, whatever it is, just to, to kind of push your comfort zone and start to learn about and learn new things. As it relates to job seeking, I think it's very important to put your best self forward, but also to put your authentic self forward. 
Mm. You know, one of the things you're doing, I, I think uh, video is a great example of being able to be authentically yourself, be able yeah. to present yourself in a way that's this actually you. It's not like, what are the most creative words I can put on a piece of paper to hand to someone so they perceive me as something? <laughs> Such a great way of putting that. <laughs> you know, but how about trying to actually be the person that you're pretending to be? You know, like, step up to that. Um, I think it's important to note, too, that uh, most work that we do, there are components of it that are mundane, that we dislike, and that we'd rather not be doing. What separates people who continue to grow through, you know, to grow out of that, I think, is that you learn how to uh, have the right attitude and the right work ethic and the right interaction with others, even if you don't like what you're currently doing. There's just a process to go through sometimes. I think my advice to someone in managing, navigating your career is as simple as this. There are things that you do during your day that really energize you. They inspire you. Time kind of just disappears. Yeah. And right, it's like those times where your energy level just like when you're done doing it, you have more energy than when you started. Those you can things. go two two days no sleep, and still you have energy, whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, you're like I was made to do this. That's there's those kind of things, and then there are types of things that when you're doing now, it's like the energy vampire showed up and just sucked the life out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, five minutes feels like five years. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I, I think career navigation is as simple as migrate towards the former and away from the latter. Yeah. And see things you're good at and that energize you and inspire you. Go for that. A lot of times we feel like we're there's some sort of recommended path. Or, you know, I, I think frustrated job seekers also aren't willing to take a job they think they're too good for, for example. Um, I would recommend, I think it's actually easier to navigate your career when you're doing something. You know, you can't steer a parked car. Go start doing something. And and you may not like it, but you know the next thing you do, you're going to do a little bit more of the things that energize you, a little fewer of the things that deplete you. Um, and I think that that's you know is a pretty simple and oversimplified way of navigation. But that's you end up in, the, in a much more inspired way. I, I think companies typically, I, oh, well, I mean not companies for myself, I hire on three criteria basically. Number one is work ethic. No matter how much you Try and hide it like you really can't. Um, lazy people just very seldom succeed. And if you say, well, I'm just normally I'm just not motivated. I'm not. Well, that's fine. Just work hard, not motivated, but work. Right. Yeah, right, right. Um, and the second is the attitude, like having a great attitude about things doesn't mean you're skipping and, you know, roses and sunshine flying around. <laughs> and you're doing cartwheels into the office every day. You might. But um, it's having the right perspective on things, having the right attitude about things and how you treat other people and how you engage with that. There's um, uh, so there's a story on this, if I can. Yeah, f- feel right. free. This is the way I think about attitude. So as a family, there's two, uh, two boys, two twin boys. And um, one of them is always negative. The other one's always positive. <laughs> and the parents said, you know what we're going to do as an experiment on their birthday, <clears throat> we're going to give the kid that's always negative. We're going to give him all the stuff he wants. <laughs> we're going to give the other kid a big box of horse manure. And we're going to see how they react. So the morning comes, and sure enough, the kid who's always negative, he had all the stuff he wanted. He's unwrapping the packages. But pretty soon he's complaining about this was the wrong color, and he broke something, and the batteries weren't working. And, and all the stuff he had, he was, he was kind of complaining about it. And then they heard up in the bedroom of the other kid, he's just like jumping for joy and all excited. <laughs> they went up the stairs. They look in his bedroom. They had this refrigerator box full of horse manure. He is in it, and manure is flying everywhere. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? And he goes, man, all this manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. 
that's awesome that that's it's a stupid story but uh, but i but i looked for the kid that there's a pony in here somewhere yeah right when you're when you're doing something professionally or personally look for the good it's always there and you know again you don't have to be you know miss charisma you can just simply be somebody who has a good attitude around other people and being predictable um and then finally the third thing so hard work good work ethic a great attitude um, and then a big dream. You know, I can remember vividly like pouring concrete for a living, hmm. you know, in my early twenties and, and, you know, it, w- with a shovel sort of scrubbing out the footings before you <laughs> put the concrete. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I have to say, you know, down in a ditch when it's sort of like mucky and dirty and hot and you're going to, that, that's not like joyful to me. That wasn't one of those areas that energized me. For sure. Um, but I knew what I wanted one day. I remember being there and I remember looking up in the, in the sky one time, seeing a plane. I'd always had a dream of being able to have, you know, like private planes and stuff. And I was so far from being able to accomplish that. I was literally digging ditches. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I wasn't discouraged because I knew that I would find a way somehow to accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, I think that that's a good visual of, you know, wherever you are in your career, you've got to have a big dream. You've got to have something that inspires you because, if, you know, success is really simple as you're excited to go work in the morning and you're excited to come home at night. You know, that, that you, you balance the your personal life is in a good way. Your professional life is in a good way. If you're working towards those things, um, it's good, good navigation. So I don't know if that answers your question at all. No, I, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. And I that the very next question I was going to ask is how do people make that turn? I mean, it's it's such a broad question, but uh it's obvious that no matter what you're doing, you you find a way to get excited about it. I love personally, I mean, my fire, same thing with lawn care is, you know, do I actually love pulling weeds and weed whacking all day long? No, but the excitement of the next thing that's happening with all that is what kind of kept me fired up and then started the next thing. And so there's this level of that side of things. So how do people who might day in and day out feel discouraged, day in and day out just you know, uh, don't have that fire and, and maybe it's sort of a, the ability to learn more and the ability to ask questions and stuff like that. But how would you say just from an encouragement standpoint, can people really start to make that turn in their career that all of a sudden makes them look at life that way or their career that way? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great question. There's uh, um, a couple of things. One, I think it's a, first of all, it's a conscious decision of how you want to be. So you yeah. say, I, I think I, I need to get my attitude in a place where it's different. Like I think part of what's happening in my life is my own mindset is holding me back. Or you make some kind of conscious decision that you work toward daily. <clears throat> you know, success is built daily, not in a day. Mm-hmm. It's those little decisions that add up over time. It, just like working out, you know, like how do you, how do you start to become healthy? Well, you know, probably start to move. simple concept (laughs) Uh, you know move eat food instead of products and sleep you know and some of the basics you start to get those down i think professionally um or just life management in general i think that mindset there's a book and i I can't think of the author but a book called being happy and he talks about some of these little micro decisions that uh, patterns but i think it's important that you make progress every day towards it and towards controlling how you think one simple way to do that is, you know, write down um, some sort of statement of purpose every morning before you, you know, embark on what you're going to do. And self-talk is very important. 
um, you know, making sure that you're saying the right type of positive things to yourself. It's um, probably the most important thing in pattern in changing patterns is not to beat yourself up when you fail because you are going to. Yeah. If it's an attitude thing and you find yourself discouraged or, or weary or whatever those, you know, the issues you, you battle are, um, don't, don't take that into a downward spiral. You know, shake it off. You messed up. And you get up the next day and, and go at it again. You know, there's very few things that a good night's sleep won't fix. Do you, uh, do you write down uh, relatively similar life goal, life purposes every day, or do, you, do they change every day? I have, so for me, I have a, my, my pattern is I have a weekly planning session that, that I do Sunday nights. And I sit down in there, and I have um, stated goals, sort of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, relational. And in there, they're pretty consistent. I mean, they're pretty, pretty consistent for years. And then I have a, a process that I use, too, because I think managing relationships is, is very important and also pretty hard, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so I write down the role, what I call roles and goals. So I have a role, this role in my life, and I have this goal for it. So as an example, I'm married. Um, I'm a husband. So that role of husband and the key person in that role, obviously, is my wife, Andrea. And so in that, then, then this week... When I'm doing my plan, what am I doing this week to improve that relationship? It could be something simple, like did I carve out a date night? It, like simple as that sounds. If I yeah. don't have a plan to no, do, it, do it, yeah. It, it, as a, as a father, what is my you know? There's three. I have three sons, and in there, what am I doing this week to move that relationship forward? Those are simple things that you know. In different all the roles that I have as an investor in this company, what am I doing this week to help them out? And when I look at that. Then it's like, okay, if I'm purposely doing something, it might just be a little thing. And I was on a, I was yesterday, I was in an airport, had a quick phone call with the company I do some advising for in the Valley. Um, I made an introduction to, to them um, that I think could be a pretty high value uh, client for them. It, it took minutes, right. but it's something that I feel really good about that relationship for probably the next couple of weeks. And so yeah. I think it's on purpose doing something every day. Not everyone has to be a planner like that. I had to break it down into bite-sized chunks that I could write down, do, and kind of check off the list. There's some satisfaction of that check mark. Sure, yeah, yeah. Not to mention when it has a, a lasting impact, like what you just mentioned as well. So even if it was a text or an email or just a quick, hey, you two should meet up or whatever that looks like. I mean, e even if it's as simple as something like that, but for somebody else that's way, you know, taking your wife on a date night or at least planning to do something like that, even that ask obviously can hold so much weight in and of itself. And so I, I love that. I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, you know, and there's something that happens to you, um, I think, psychologically too. So especially this is for people who, um, you're talking about job seekers. Someone who's really having a tough time finding a job right now, you hear all the things about how unemployment's so low and everyone's looking for money, and you can't find something and you're discouraged. That discouragement is something that can have a compounding effect and makes it harder and harder over time. My recommendation for that person is be active. Do something. I don't care if you're organizing your storage closet. Hmm. Like go for a literally, you know, going for a walk, going out and meeting people, having conversations with somebody, say hello to the, you know, the person at the coffee shop. I don't know. I mean, get, get out of the house, go to Barnes and Noble and read something so that you have positive momentum in your life. And I know that sounds like trite, but people can tend to sort of, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Cocoon. Yeah. And that's how get some sort of thing. You know, if you live in the places of the world that you and I live in, you know, get out and shovel your neighbors walk for them. Exactly. <laughs> do something for someone else. Um, just as a good human being, you know, call your mother. 
and do yeah. the thing that that you may not be able to receive right now, but you can give. And I think that if you control the seeds that you sow, the harvest will end up coming. So I think it's really important for people do what you can do, plant the seeds that you can plant, and um, you know don't don't be so concerned about what you're getting. <laughs> I think that's that applies, yeah, sure, to job seeking as well. But I think that's just overall general fantastic life advice too. And I think it's interesting, no matter how successful career-wise or not career-wise you are, there will be stages of life that happen like that, that you just need to find whatever you can do to get yourself over the hump or through the season or whatever that. And I, I think that's as practical as it possibly gets too. Yeah, you know, I, we, we live in an era where it's really – unpopular to be honest about negative things hmm. you know specifically you know today's environment um which would be different tomorrow and then later but right now the social media nobody in their feed gives you the real version of their life yeah they give you the instagram version of their life or the snap story version of their life and 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 it looks like everyone else is having fun and it looks like everyone else is positive and everything else is wonderful for other people and then people tend to wonder well what's wrong with me like yeah. they have this issue and that issue, and nobody seems to have that. That's because they're just not, you know, if you saw their real life versus the life they're portraying to the outside world, it's very different. And I, I think it's important to realize that everyone needs encouragement. Everyone, you know, you, like doing the things you can do and control is important. Look, if you look at nature, you know, there are going to be seasons in, in the middle of your day and, in, in, you know, in your life. There's a time where, you know, the spring season is beautiful and fun and a new life and all of that. But you know what? There's also winter. There's also yeah. fall. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, those things will, they'll pass if you just keep doing, you know, keep the right activities going in your life. Those, you know, the good and the bad. And by the way, if you're on the mountaintop right now, it's exciting. Make sure that you take full advantage of the mountaintop experience, but realize there's going to be a valley. Like not, life is not a continual mountaintop experience. Right, right. That's, I, I. <laughs> can't really articulate how much I, I value that. And I think a lot of people will as well too. So that's, that's awesome. So thank you for that. But I, I guess just wrapping up, Wade, thank you so much. I think you are an absolute inspiration at, from even the feeds that I've seen, the people I've, you know, the articles I've read just in general, I think you leave a lasting impact on people both professionally and personally. And so just thank you for sharing that wisdom as well. I, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else you, you want to add? Um, well, first of all, th thanks for having me on here. And yeah, I, yeah, of course. It's, it's fun. It's a good example of, you know, you're doing something right now that I think is important and it's important for, you know, your audience to understand is that you're taking a platform you have, listener base and audience you have, and doing something to add value to them. And this is a good example of planting good seeds. You know, this is something that you may never understand that positive impact that having, you know, one person on one podcast and have to somebody who listen, you may never see that. But you're, you're putting your best foot forward to help them out and do that. And I think it's a good example. Everyone has different you know, assets. This happens sure. to be an asset you have. And I think using that for good is great. I'm inspired by people like you. I'm inspired by people who are willing to try. I'm you know, inspired by, obviously, entrepreneurs. But, but people who are willing to get knocked down and get back up and to keep moving forward. And if I think it's, it, the way you treat other people ends up coming back to you. So I would just encourage you know, everyone to listen to this. However you're navigating your career and your life and wherever you're in the middle of Realize that, you know, a, a part of this planet is based on you. I mean, maybe one, seven billion. It's, it's <laughs> percentage wise, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so what, what, uh, how we all treat each other really ultimately has a compounding effect. And if you, you know, if you don't like kind of the way what you see in the world, then try and try and counter it. 
Yeah. And try and be that person that you, you know, wish other people would be. And if we could get more people thinking that way, uh, it just makes a lot life a lot more simple. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, man.